what do you think about sacrificing current total HP for getting return of an ability score, like ability? So for a sorcerer, you would get your sorcery point back and you would have to roll your hit die. So 1d6 for sorcerer against the return. Yeah, I like this idea. In theory, it seems good, but I feel like players would find a way to break this with whatever healing magic they have or items or they would just uh, keep you healing. You immune to that though. Like you sacrifice 10 HP till your next long rest or a month or you can set some condition. Because if you're in the middle of a deep battle and you want to throw that extra bit out, why not throw some of your life force to it? Here's 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 my counter argument. Instead of basing it off hit points, base it off a hit die. I'm I am a fan, and we've seen with what we will see with Dragonborn today. I'm a fan of wizards using other resources in the game. And now that they're using proficiency modifiers more, I want to see them using hit dice more. And I could see using hit dice as that. Like I'm going to expend a hit dice and get a spell slot back. It fits with the systems that we use in 5th edition as well with like superiority dice and, and whatever sorcery points or whatever. It, see, that seems to fit better for me. Mm, yeah. Every class has something. So some kind of sacrifice to push the extra mile. Yeah, I like it. It's a Mimic, the roundtable Dungeons & Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another episode in our conversation on playable races. I am Terry, and with me today are James and Dan, and this episode is called Dragonborn, A Breath of Fresh Air. In our conversation about playable races in D&D 5th edition, we've already covered three kinds of dwarves, three kinds of halflings, and three kinds of gnomes. We've dedicated two episodes to six kinds of elves, assuming you don't split hairs with the Elderin, and I never do. We've done kobolds, lizard folk, yonti, purebloods, half-elves, half-orcs, and the 95,000 kinds of humans in the Forgotten Realms, and we've devoted full episodes to tieflings, Aarakocra, Asimar, and Janassi. And of course, we've already taken one stab at Dragonborn. You can find all of these episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a dozen other podcast apps, and you can jump over to YouTube and dig into the entire playlist called Off to the Races that we've built there. This episode of the It's Mimic podcast is going to return to the topic of Dragonborn because Fizban's Treasury of Dragons has brought us new updates for the 10 variations from the Player's Handbook, as well as five brand new ones. But before we get started, I have to ask you guys, in your head, how rare or populous are Dragonborn? If, if you were to really press me on this, I would say... I, I am. Gem, gem Dragonborn, um, which we will get to, are the most rare. Um, and we'll get into that, why I think that shortly. Metallic Dragonborn, much like Metallic Dragons, I would say are the second most rare. They're not going to be a lot of like silver Dragonborns kicking around, really. Um, like you got five in a city. Like there's really not a lot. Chromatics, I would say outnumber Metallic Dragonborns at least five to one. But that is still not a great number in comparison to halflings and humans and dwarves and elves. Like, I would say Dragonborn are one of the rarest races in the game, in my opinion. I agree with the way you, you stack that, certainly with Gem Dragonborn being the most rare. I hadn't thought about that difference between Metallic and Chromatic, though. And it, it made me think whether or not the uh, the differences between them, like or, or I guess like the even like the racism between them uh, would be exaggerated that much more because then it's kind of like a wood elves and half elves type thing. Um, so you got me thinking there. 
but I would believe that my original answer would have been metallic and chromatic dragonborn would probably be like one in a hundred people. Uh, I would imagine then gem dragonborn would be like one in 10,000 people would probably be one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I could, I could understand that. Yeah. I also agree that they're one of the rarer races that you would find. I also think gemstone are one in 10,000, extremely rare, but I would switch metallic and chromatic from you guys. I think metallic would be more around more often just because they are more inclined to the good side. So they have that hubris of enjoying and enjoying in human and normal race populations. Okay. Okay. Whereas chromatic are much more hostile to the greater world and much more full of themselves. Why would they low themselves down to ever put their bloodline with humans or with elves or with whatever they'd be less likely except for a uh, blue dragons i believe they're the most ferocious or is that white white are the most white. ferocious i would white. say white would be the most common of all of them just because they are beast-like and then okay. i think metallic then the rest of the chromatic and then gemstone cool all right interesting i like it okay first of all we're going to roll for initiative and then depending on the order we'll go through the uh, chromatic metallic and gem dragonborn uh, as it is now in fizzbands but comparing it to the original player's handbook text as well yep. so i'm using an online dice roller here uh because i left my dice in the other room so when you're ready three two one let's roll all right well i got a two <laughs> i got a seven i got an 18 so i will go first all right dice what roller what is rigged <laughs> <laughs> i'll be covering metallic dragonborn today and the lore from fizzbands there is a little lore paragraph uh says that metallic dragonborn are known for their tenacity and that they have glinting scales and that they embody their elements so i would imagine that is in the their uh, perhaps a silver dragonborn would be a little bit more cold or distant compared to maybe a brass dragonborn might be a little bit more like fiery or emotional, not angry, just like a high, like a Pisces, right? Just a high emotion, all the feelings. Uh, as whereas, uh, you know, like a bronze dragonborn may have, you may kind of go with the idea of like sparks of inspiration, like they may be more uh, inspiring in those ways. When coming to how they would fit in society, I tend to remind players of what they look like and how they're going to be perceived. Metallic Dragonborn in themselves are going to be perceived as being very beautiful, but different. This is another kind of otherworldly beautiful to say like high elves or something. And how is that going to be received by people? Are they going to be in awe of that or in envy? Is that going to be met with begrudgment? Uh, do, they, do the people around them associate their color with that of real dragons and so there is an expected behavior from them so in every room that they walk in they will always be most likely the only one in that room the only one who is different all eyes will go on them um you know emotions in that room will be elevated for fear or wonder or curiosity and how do they live their lives with that that notoriety or that fame of always standing out whether they like it or not and so when it comes to role-playing a metallic dragonborn, I lean into those expectations of, of behavior and that you must exaggerate things to get a, a response that would not be too difficult for other people. So you need to be nicer than other people in order to be welcomed. You need to be more compassionate than the other player characters for you to be loved. And you need to be more genuine than other people more often to be trusted. Um, because it's, it's not going to be, you're not starting from the same starting point as everybody else. And remember that people, it's not that people don't 
distrust people really it's not we say like i don't trust that person it's actually the reverse i find is it's that you either trust them to continue the behavior that they've already demonstrated or you trust them to to go with behavior that you assume that they would from the start based on like a prejudgment that you have with them that people might have with dragonborn so before i talk about combat inspirations i think we should look back on the uh the the stat breakdowns for how they are in the player's handbook so the first difference that we're going to find here is dragonborn in the player's handbook their strength score increases by two and their charisma score increases by one the second difference would be that of their breath weapon, where you can only do it, I believe it's one, once per short rest to once per long rest uh, by the player's handbook, and the damage type, uh, the damage that it deals is different. So when we look at those two things in fizz bands, the breath weapon is a higher amount of damage. It's D10s over D6s that you have here, and you can actually use your breath weapon once per turn. You can use it as one of your attacks. When you get to fifth level for a metallic dragonborn, you actually get a second breath weapon. There's two kinds that you get. You get an enervating breath, which is that each creature in the cone must succeed on a con saving throw, constitution saving throw, or become incapacitated until the start of their next turn. And you also get a repulsion breath. You can choose from one of the two because it's a second breath that you get. So each creature in the cone must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed 20 feet away from you and be knocked prone. And once you use your metallic breath weapon, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Wait, that's the second breath weapon. Yeah. So the first yeah. one is based off of proficiency modifier, right? You could use it the amount of times per your proficiency modifier per long rest. Your fifth level unique metallic dragonborn, either enervating or repulsing breath, you could only use once per long rest and you can't do one enervating and one repulsion you get to choose either or once per long rest that's right the last thing i'll note here is that for the metallic dragonborn breath weapons as per fizz bands are all the cone variety there's no more lines anymore previously by the player's handbook it would be as it typically is for the dragons of that type chromatic is a line by a line and sorry chromatic is a line Chromatic is line, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know for Gem Dragonborn, we're looking at cones as well. Okay. So with that in mind, when this comes to insights for, for combat, it's almost like you have an obligation to manipulate the enemy with your breath weapon here. I always say the best kind of combat tactics for me are ones where the enemy is spending their turn reacting to what I have done to them. I don't think it should ever start from a fair from a fair point. So, you know, taking that uh, that, that repulsion breath, for example, that allows me to to move them into a position that they did not want to be in and to even potentially put them into a position where they're starting prone or to use the enervating breath, you're incapacitated capacitating them. And so that can often mean that on the fly, they have to rethink their entire plan. Uh, I think when it comes to combat with, with Metallic Dragonborn as well, you should lean into the resistances that you have. You know, you have resistance to the, the damage type that you deal. And so that means that whenever you're, you're um, you know, perhaps there's an opportunity to put yourself into that damage type where it's going to help your position tactically, whether it be you're the person that moves into the burning building or you're you're the person that moves into the uh, the pool of acid, because that shouldn't deter you from finding a tactical position because you have that resistance i i really like the idea of your metallic dragonborn actually now has so much versatility because you have the ability to force 
one of three different types of saving throws. So right. if you're coming up against something that's obviously quick, nimble, moving around, but isn't doing a lot of damage, you might hit it with that strength save to knock prone, right? If, if you're dealing with something that maybe is a spellcaster and is a little bit, you could tell they're a little bit weak on the hardiness scale, like they're, they're throwing out their big glass cannony, you could throw that um, enervating breath and force a constitution saving throw. And yeah. if you have a standard fighter, something's running at you with plate mail armor and a shield, you blow that dexterity save at them, right? It also highlights the fact that your metallic dragonborn breath is a very specialized trait. It is not a thing your character's just going to be loosey-goosey with. Yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on how your average table's combat day goes. Um, I've been at tables where there's one combat per long rest. So it's just, you know, everybody's just blowing everything in that one combat. Cause we know once it's done, we're sleeping, we're getting it all back. But I've also been in games where we've gone four sessions, five sessions without even a short rest. Right. And, and you are really trying to play that entropy. You're really trying to play, play into that entropy and that resilience and that long game view. Um, yeah. of the game and if you're blowing your once per long rest breath weapon right away in the first combat you're not going to have that for the next five sessions sorry man right yeah. so you have to use it wisely i think arguably it can speak to the the character of metallic dragons in that these breath weapons it, it's not necessarily that you are trying to kill them it's that you are trying to prevent them from hurting you yeah you know, it's it's almost it's like an aikido kind of feel uh and i i, uh, I quite like that yeah okay but uh why don't we roll initiative here because i have some questions for you guys and we can uh, we can dive a little deeper into this so you guys roll initiative tell me the order then i'll give you the question 16 what, what do you got for initiative there terry for you 14 all right i got a 15 so, uh, James, you go first, bud. I'm going last of the 14. Wow, okay. Uh, okay, so uh, James going first. How do you feel about these new breath weapon updates? I really like them. It makes Dragonborn a class I would consider before I thought the breath weapon basically gutted the whole race and made that class so much harder to play whatever you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Dan? I, oh, I, I love it. Um, it. It is not overpowering and makes the dragonborn far more attractive to play only getting it once per long rest just felt like oh, and it wasn't a lot of damage yeah. and there was a save or avoid all of it right like it's it's so much better defined and balanced to every other race out there um i i would say dragonborn now kind of they can pull their own where before they were one of the weaker uh lineage options that you right that's right i I, I agree with both of you guys here because now they're much more attractive to play because the damage payoff is worth it. The fact that you can uh, use these breath weapons more often. Previously, there were more preferable cantrips than using the breath weapon. Yeah. yeah. So for, for magical classes, there was no point in using your breath weapon. And for martial classes, well, you would probably just use your crossbow instead if you were a fighter than using your breath weapon, you know, if distance was restricting you. And if it wasn't, then you were just uh, hitting them with your sword anyway. Okay, um, what's your opinion on these new uh, loose ability score improvements, James? I would have to play it to see how I liked it. It's not something that I can just like decide on the fly for once. Normally I can, but... It could turn out really well, but it could also just be a gong show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It opens the door for min maxing a little bit, 
which is one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that it opens the door for some fun theory crafting and creative builds and actually building the type of character you want, right? I get that Dragonborn are naturally more interesting, which would balance their charisma and naturally uh, stronger just because of the Draconic heritage. But I see um, a sniveling copper Dragonborn. It doesn't make sense that he's got a bonus of strength, right? Like he would never have utilized that. He's he's sneaking about. I'd give that guy a bonus to Dex. That makes sense. I like that. That makes me more willing to play a Dragonborn. And as, as somebody who has in the past been a massive min-maxer when it comes to my character builds, it removes the luster of variant human, which I, I appreciate. Uh, variant human is still very strong. It's still got that feat, and that is why it's strong. But I, I like that I can now look at Dragonborn and go, okay, yeah, I could, ta- I could, take, I could take Polar Master or... I could breathe fire down this guy's throat five times a day, like Godzilla in the Godzilla movie. Yeah, no, I'm going to do that. So uh, I, I, I like the new loose ASIs. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm of the same mind as James in that I, I would have to play to know for sure. But previously, anything that I think is going to result in min-maxing or, or steers me in that direction, I've avoided. But I'm learning the more that I play uh, D&D to be a little bit more open-minded with things. And so I'm, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to not shit all over it right now. Uh, it must have been tested, of course. And so if, if Wizards likes it, I like it. <laughs> okay, so now that you can choose where you put your ability score increases, what, which options there do you think naturally make sense for... Let's do Brass Dragons first, and then we can run through the other Metallic Dragons. My dragon lore is not as good as you guys. So. Um, brass, uh, let, let's just give you a quick little rundown yeah. on kind of their personalities, because that I think will help. Uh, gold dragonborn tend to be aloof and uh, royal and very regal with how they are, but they also have this kind of weird sense of justice. They're very justice and uh, uh, goodness oriented, but from a very aloof and removed perspective. Right. Uh, Silver Dragonborn are more in the mix of things, but they are far more involved in justice to the like lawful, stupid level paladin kind of. Um, gold is more balance. Yeah, gold is more balance. I, I I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas silver are just like uh, they are crusading paladins, for lack of a better term. Uh, brass are all about conversation. They just want to talk to you. They just want to get to know you. They want to sit down across from the t- table f- from you and have a cup of beer and just get to know you. They're all about uh, that interpersonal connection. Bronze are militaristic and very kind of, Terry, help me out with bronze. I'm kind they're of like regimented by the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're militaristic without that uh, religious zeal that, uh, silver has and copper are playful pranksters they are the most annoying of all dragons because they just want to fuck with you that's all they want to do mm-hmm. okay so we were doing brass or bronze first brass brass first brass definitely charisma because as we said they're talkers and i would honestly put it into dexterity too I would do dexterity because they'd be the guy that fools around at the bar, the guy who juggles mugs to get that attention, to start that conversation. Oh yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's smart. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. What class you got for them? Uh, I would probably say either bar to follow that whole talking to people 
or go to left field and do monk. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm interested. I would agree with you, to be honest. Brass, I mean, you're putting your plus two in charisma easily. I I like the idea of them having that a uh, little bit more of a bonus in constitution or even int because they want to know the story. So they're going to be learning about the history of things, right? So having that little bit more of a book nerd knowledge to them. Uh, I, I see a lot of brass dragons being bards, rogues, but also wizards and artificers. So I agree with charisma. I might put it into wisdom. I think with, uh, you know, uh, seeking conversation and knowledge, naturally that means that your understanding of the world is going to be increased over time. Uh, okay. So I like, uh, I like a, a little bump in wisdom, but then the natural one is to go for uh, charisma. And Bard makes sense. I mean, after the both of you guys have both said that, like, there's, there's no way that I can disagree with that. So I would go for Bard. Next on the list. Uh, let's do the same for silver. Silver dragon? Yeah. I would do strength and intelligence. Strength because they are about justice. They are that raging paladin and intelligence to know the rules. They know the law book back to front. So they know when you jaywalked, you broke section code 12 in subsection C. I'm taking you to the constable. <laughs> they may not know when to use it properly, but they know it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of giving Silver Dragonborn an int boost. And yeah, it's strength and int for them. And I'm going strength and int, but their preferred class is still paladin to me. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say intelligence and wisdom because I try and move Silver Dragon away from like that paladin type and in that they can still be uh very lawful but i think they can do it differently you can be a wizard and be lawful and be academic i think when we hit paladin it automatically becomes more about the god than it does about the the people and uh, and the justice itself or, or about the oath right like wizards has done a lot of effort to kind of remove the religious religiosity from paladins right. and it's more about the oath I'd multi-class one class of paladin and then whatever class you actually wanted to play. And they just <laughs> fell into paladin for being so lawful, for being so uh, good. The God's like, no, you know what? That's your oath. Good enough for me. Here's some power. Uh, James Bronze. Bronze, strength and con so they can stay going in a fight. Yeah. And either fighter or potentially artificer. Interesting. You're working with new tech to make war better, to make sure. war more efficient. Uh, for bronze, I'm seeing strength and wisdom, and I'm going more nature. I'm saying they're going to be a druid or a uh, ranger path and are going to be the guys who are on the front lines manipulating the war in, in that way, but are also no slouches if they need to get stuck in the thick of things. There are books written about bronze dragonborns just getting bronze dragonborns or bronze dragonborn, bronze dragonborn, just getting st stuck in the thick of things, right? So, yeah uh for, for bronze i would just lead right into uh strength and dexterity i just want them to be a very well-rounded uh fighter i think for this is this is one where i'm just leaning into the trope uh, you know i don't want to wrestle with this one too much so i'd say strength and dexterity just to make them a well-rounded fighter type last one copper for a copper dragonborn just double charisma or what <laughs> double charisma or charisma and wisdom wisdom to know not to push someone too far to know where that line is that you don't want to cross, especially with the Paladin. And 
I'd either give them a druid class or a rogue, fall into the trope with rogue. Oh no, man. I'm I'm going dex and charisma with them, and they are rogue bard. Yeah. Like I might accept a particularly dexterous barbarian, but uh no man. They're 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 tricksters. Uh they are college of glamour bards. I'm gonna go, I'll go intelligence and dex to play them as arcane trickster. And mm-hmm. I think I'd have a lot of fun with that with copper because I love like you guys know how I play. I love fucking with people in the game. And yeah, the, you do that. You do that anyways, no matter what. But my arcane trickster character was the best character for doing that, for just flipping everything upside down. And that, that fits perfectly for copper for me. OK, um, so we'll, let's move into some inspirations here. Should we would you guys like to roll initiative again? No, let's go off the same initiative. OK, so same initiative. So. James, I'm going to ask you first, then, what trait do you think Metallic Dragonborn are missing? They already have resistance to their element, right? Yes. I honestly think a vulnerability is missing. Interesting. I think they should Not, have a There aren't a lot of their... vulnerabilities in 5e races. I know, but it's what I think is missing. That was the question. <laughs> I agree Your 3.5 is showing, James. But I feel like they should have, because they are connected to dragons, and dragons, especially chromatic and metallic, hate each other on almost a genetic level. So they should have something against one of the chromatic. Well, as one of the chromatic should have something from the um, metallic. Right. I think they should balance each other out. Very Pokemon. Yeah. I, I would love to see the metallics uh, have their innervating and repulsion breath just be additional off options to their normal breath weapon to be honest the reason why at fifth level i want to see your dragon your metallic dragonborn have the ability to change its shape in some way right all metallic dragonborns we see or metallic dragons we see have that ability to change shape into some sort of humanoid i'm not saying it has to be like a polymorph level power but like the ability to innately cast disguise self just sounds like something a metallic dragonborn should have right and uh we see lots of different examples with this with like drow and no magic with with uh forest gnomes and stuff like that so um i would want one of those type of abilities that is unlocked to fifth level that's another thing we didn't really mention this unlocking a racial trait at fifth level fifth character level mm-hmm. is relatively new like i think we experienced some of that in wild beyond the Witchlight, and then this book reinforced it so yeah. I really like that. I want to see all the races have something like that, where there are racial unlocks when it comes to your character level. Um, but I would love to see Metallic Dragonborn, just because it's such a key part of how they interact with the world, have a change shape ability. Um, for me, I was inspired by the Fey ancestry of the elves, thinking draconic ancestry. I think that Dragonborn um, should have advantage against being frightened. I think when you've walked around your entire life uh, resembling a dragon and you've learned that appearance is on everything in that sense, that um, I think you would have advantage over being frightened against other things that are considered frightening. Just just your dragonborns all have big dick energy. Like that's just... <laughs> it's a, it's big dick energy is, is not being afraid of things. <laughs> just... Uh, as, as, as someone who's constantly terrified by just everything that goes on in the world, yeah. I thought you were going to say, as someone with big dick energy. <laughs> God, no. This is a this is episode 165. People understand where I'm coming from at this point. Yeah, but this is an audio medium. You can tell them whatever you want. Okay. 
James, what's the one interesting reason why one of these creatures would become an adventurer? Hunting their ancestry or some prophecy to do with their bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. No, sire dragon, there's a good chance it's still alive. Um, I, I, I really like it as well. But uh, for me, a lot of Dragonborn, especially Metallics, have that innate uh, draconic call to action just innately built into them. So a injustice that needs to be righted or a um, wrong that needs to be righted or some sort of mission. Like these guys are your big damn heroes. So anything that would work with a big damn hero, put it on a dragonborn. You're good. Especially if it's like prophetic level hero stuff. I love putting that on dragonborn because dragons are one of the oldest races in Dungeons and Dragons. They're far older than elves and humans and dwarves. Um, so having some sort of like a uh, relic of the first world come out with uh, that your dragonborn has discovered at the beginning of his trek and awakens during his character progression. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I love that level of stuff. Yeah. You know, I thought for me, it might be uh, it might well be a public service. You know, it might in uh, recognizing their ability and taking it as a moral obligation to serve, particularly in a society where they're more likely to be judged uh, from face value, right? So it helps in overcoming the the stigma of their kind is that they these abilities that they have is that they put it forward to serve the people, public service. James, what kind of insights do you have for players who want to explore role-playing this kind of character? Insights, I would probably say as I'm probably gonna have to say for all the um, Dragonborn, remember you are part dragon. And as you've been saying this whole time, people will take that into account based on the color of your skin, the tone, the hue, the sheen, you're already being judged when you walk into a room. So you have to decide if you wanna continue with the stereotype you've just been put under or go in the opposite direction. That's fair. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, like, remember your special, right? And, and uh, where James is saying, like, you know, remember that I'm saying lean into it, right? And, and I think you're saying that a little bit too, James, where it's just like, you are in the standard uh, player's handbook races, you're one of the tallest, you are definitely the most monstrous of the uh, player's handbook level races. So play into that. You have, we've said it a couple of times. We've said the word otherworldly. You operate off a different set of ethics because your heritage is very much a long view of the world. You you look at elves as a young race. Um, And I understand Dragonborn have a normal humanoid lifespan and most everything does with the new rules. But like, you have that perspective at the very least, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I would, I would lean into that as well. But I would, I would think like long term. How do you typically act when this happens everywhere you go all the time? Are you jaded? Are you more ag- aggressive? Are you more impatient? Or to James's point, you go the other way and you and you lean away from that. And maybe you're just you're very calm and you're conscious of how you communicate, or maybe perhaps you're deliberately very soft spoken. But this is harder than the other races because this isn't something that you have to turn on based on the conversation itself. This is like all the time. How are you acting? How are you maintaining this character? all the time and so whatever you you have to think how you're going to be comfortable for the entire campaign long term uh who do you want to embody uh when it comes to playing a dragonborn hello everyone it's megan i finally get to do a commercial spot 
all by myself. Just me, just you, hanging out, talking about commercial stuff. Now, Dan and Adam came to me a few days ago and politely asked me if I would record a little blurb about liking and subscribing and leaving reviews on iTunes. And I graciously and humbly agreed because of the kind-hearted and warm person that I am. So here I am asking you to like and subscribe. And let's be real, it took both of them a lot of courage to come and ask me this question because they knew they had to do so with kindness. So please, come along, leave your reviews, comment, tell your friends, buy some merch, however you want to help support the podcast. We love the time we get to spend with you. But don't forget to support some of the others associated with the podcast as well. All their accounts are on Instagram. You can find our logo artist, Katie, at Clementine Art Portraits. The music guy, Tyler, good guy, could use more love at Melodics Music. Uh, you can even find Peps uh, at Pepperina underscore Sparkle Gem or even myself on Instagram at Omegart, zero M-E-G-G-A-R-T. And of course, you can always go onto the It's a Mimic and harass Adam and Dan there. So remember to take a few minutes for every episode you listen to and boost up those metrics with likes, comments, follows, and subscriptions. And if you have a business, online store, or passion project that you'd like us to show the world, reach out to info at itsamimic.com to buy some ad space here on the podcast. Let's work together to build this community up. Okay, so next up, uh, James, it's you. And tell everybody at home what you have and take it away. I'll be covering Chromatic Dragonborn today. And similar to the metallic you just heard about, you have to focus on their heritage. These dragons are from the more evil race. Well, beans, they're above races in my opinion, but different story. So you have to realize that if you're a green dragon, you are going to be more wily, more cunning by nature from your genes at least. So it's similar humanoid normal movement speed. You get a breath weapon with uh, them as well, but unlike the chromatic, it is a line weapon, five feet wide, 30 feet long. DC's um, D8, sorry, eight plus your con plus your proficiency. It's a deck saving throw only. There's no advanced throws. D10, and it goes up at five, 11, and 17. You get resistance to your particular heritage type, whatever that may be. And then at level five, you get chromatic warding which you can use one action that gives you immunity to your particular ancestral damage type for one minute. You can only be used once per long rest though. Um, so how they would fit in society is very similar to the exact opposite of the coin to metallic. You are a chromatic dragonborn. You are from more powerful, darker dragons. So people are gonna judge you. You walk into a room as a red dragon, people are going to expect you to be hostile. You walk in as a black dragon, people are going to expect you to be cruel, to go out of your way to do mean things to people. You may not, you may be the nicest person in the world, but you're going to have to prove that tenfold to them. Part of the insights of role-playing the characters, remembering your heritage. I would also play in, especially with how there's more fast and loose with how mixed races happen in uh, 5e, what other your other background race is. If your DM allows you to be a half-elf dragonborn, because your other side comes from somewhere. So that would be more fun too. You're as a red dragonborn, but you're part elf. So you're in an elven city. This is where you grew up. This is where your family lineage is from. How do they judge you now? Because they've known you since you were a kid. Do they treat you normally? Do visitors treat you poorly and they defend you? It would allow more to be your to the world to be done with your DM having these types of discussions. Actually, James, I do want to speak into that real quick uh, because dragonborn, depending on your homebrew world, could be half dragons, but 
typically what they are is they are a separate race in and of themselves. They're not half dragons. They typically are like grown out of eggs the same way everything else is, but, but they, but they are a separate race from dragon entirely. Mm-hmm. They're kind of more akin to kobolds than they are to dragons themselves. Oh, okay. Um, so that being said, I, I think that's a really cool idea because your character will still have the, 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 the personalities imprinted on them from their chromatic heritage, right? Like that'll be part of them anyways. Mm-hmm. And if your character was raised by a city of elves, right? It, it's not necessarily what your other half is, but where your character was raised mm-hmm. is going to affect a lot of what you're trying to do with a chromatic dra- dragon porn uh, or with really any character, right? You Where you are raised is... Um, quickly becoming more important than what you were born as, which I personally enjoy and like that route that Wizards is taking all of the races. Yeah. Is that it is more about the story your character is making, not the story that is placed upon them by their birth. So having a guy who is raised uh, a dragonborn who has that very elven or man, I'm, I'm loving the idea of a red dragonborn raised by dwarves that that tickles me like, no, man, I love mountains, just the inside of them, right? Like, it just makes me so it tickled. I'm reading The Hobbit right now with my kids. He leaves home to be stories. a cave salesman to other dragons. Yes. We'll go dig out these caves for you. Just, 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 just a greasy, like, green dragonborn, re- yeah. like, real estate, like, used car salesman. Yeah. Man, this, this chariot has so many miles left on it. It's great. I love it. Uh, you got any interesting combat tactics uh, that you could go over with chromatics? Oh, yes. Interesting combat tactics for chromatics. Because their breath weapons are aligned, they're going to be very much more about positioning and directly attacking the enemy. They're not going to wait for the guys to fan out in the room to block their entrance. They're going to hit them as they're going through the door. If you're using your breath weapon, you want to be the first person to attack. Before anyone can do anything else, you want to hit them with your power. Yeah, it seems like all chromatic dragonborn are going to be incredibly aggressive. This um, should be geared that way. And if you're over fifth level, they are far more heritage focused than I would say any of the other dragonborn. The fact that you become straight up immune to something you are already resistant to is kind of weird to me until you take into the fact that you could go elemental savant with a evocation wizard as a black or as a red dragonborn and you are just all about fire all the time Mm -hmm. right like and you don't care i will cast fireball on myself bring it right and then you have that level of theatrical uh uh theatricalism that's there that i just oh man walk into a room and just light the whole place being surrounded by a mob and then casting fireballs centered on yourself yes. is like the ultimate flex. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about big dick energy. I mean, this this is that is what that is, That's right? I, I didn't ask you how many there were. I was asking, you know, uh, can I cast fireball? That's yeah. I wasn't asking you how big the rube was. I was telling you I'm casting fireball. On yeah. Until the rogue who for some reason evaded all of the damage is also stood there. And you're like, how are you here? <laughs> it's, it's just the dragonborn with like wisps of smoke off its clothes and the rogue going, what the fuck, dude? I was going for the flank. Yeah, yeah sneak attack. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's roll initiative again and let's go through these questions here. 19. Two. Oh, I got 19 as well. Roll off, Dan. 
I got 19 again. I got a 14. Okay, Terry, ask yourself some questions. Uh, Terry, how do you feel about this immunity edition, especially when compared against the metallic dragonborn's additional breath weapons? I agree with what James said a moment ago, maybe it was you, Dan, and that this will naturally make your character much more aggressive. The metallic second breath weapons seems more passive to me. It was restricting the enemy from taking action against you. This is directly putting yourself in a position where you can continue to cause damage to them. And please give me a red dragonborn paladin standing in front of an ancient red dragon and saying, bring it. Say, go, use your breath weapon. I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. You know what? I will put down the shield and open my arms. Just, yeah. just bathe me in that. Man, a party of red dragonborn going just to hunt red dragons. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You have a minute to kill it. And you're <laughs> immune to almost every attack it has. Yeah. Uh, Dan? Um, honestly, man, I I hate the immunity condition in comparison. Um, only because the versatility of the breath weapons compared to the just making your resistance better for a minute doesn't balance in my mind, right? Considering I view Chromatic Dragonborns also as the most numerous, this feels weird. This feels weird. I want to see something else. And I mean, you're right, Terry. I want to see something go a little bit more aggressive focused with a Chromatic Dragonborn, but giving them immunity to fire is kind of shoehorning them into a very specific narrative beat that if you hit every session by session four is now old and tiring, Mm -hmm. right? And is also incredibly situational, right? Like how often is your care are your characters truly getting bathed in fire spells and exclusively fire spells, right? Like it's, if it's happening every session, your dungeon master needs an intervention. Mm -hmm. So There are other types of damage out there, friends. Use yeah. them. Um, so I would love to see something different than this for the Dragonborn. And I don't know what it is, right? Yeah. Hell, maybe give them dark vision. <laughs> I will I will bang this drum until I die. Give a chromatic dra- Dragonborn dark vision. And this, and I'm happy, right? Even in comparison to the fact that Metallic and Gem Dragons don't get dark vision, <laughs> right? And that's still a thing. Can it would imagine, balance it out right? a bit more. The, the entire party is trying to sneak into a dragon's lair and the dragonborn is the only one that's going, what's happening? Like, exactly. <laughs> it's weird. Like the, the gnome, the halfling and the elf are better in the dragon's lair than the dragonborn. <laughs> I know. Uh, James. For me, I agree with both of you. It's too situational. I honestly think it should be cut to resistance to all of the chromatic um, abilities. That's better, especially because the metallic dragonborn get the choice of two yeah weapons right you get resistance for a minute to everything a chromatic dragon any chromatic dragon could throw at you just elemental resistance for basically elemental resistance for not immunity just not immunity immunity would be way too much especially for a minute maybe immunity for two rounds but then you're gutless compared to the others but i would say resistance for a minute yeah. How how about a natural claw attack? Yeah. Like give give chromatic dragonborns that natural weapon attack instead of having uh a immunity to a thing that they already have resistance to. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'll ask myself. Um now that we can choose where to put the ability score increases, uh which option makes sense for that of a white dragon. 
I will lean into the bestial hunter and I will say strength and dexterity to make them all round hunters. And I will probably make them some sort of evil aligned ranger or beastmaster or something so that they can practice what they love most uh, in a humanoid form. For White's Dragonborn, I would love to see Khan and Dex um, making them a little bit more nimble, not their just average strength, but they they are that much more hardy that they are going to hunt down their foe. They're going to persist through um, that 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 cold dragonborn living in very hostile environments. That's a con thing to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I see a white dragonborn with a con dex uh, class or subclass. Uh, oh, class subclass. Oh, ranger. They are a ranger. They are hunting and killing you. Yeah. Right. They they are they are taking you down. Um, They're like manhunter. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I could also see, because it's a bonus to con and dex, a barbarian. Yeah, that makes sense as well. James? I would do strength and con, and I would do a multi-class ranger barbarian. Hey, they got a type, hey? Yeah, <laughs> out in the wild, you're killing things, sometimes with a bow or a sword, but most times it's your bare hands. Yeah. And sometimes you haven't found anything to kill, but you found a frozen corpse. So you'll right. just eat it. So that's why you have the con. Uh, okay, let's move on to blue. For blue, I'm going to do charisma and dexterity. I do this as a college of swords bard uh, with a background as a noble, because I see this as like a military officer, but like an arrogant one. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking, this is a, he's not rank and file. He is yeah. Like, he is uh what what's the term terry you're military i'm not uh you're you're not uh enlisted enlisted you are an officer this would be like an officer this is like a high-ranking officer is how yeah, this I've... is a guy who started at lieutenant exactly yeah that's an officer uh yeah a big, and it, but that goes with the uh the arrogance and the and the pride that's associated with chromatic dragons as well you know, this is not the the uh, the silver dragon that wants to fight his cause on the front line. This is the person that uh, that is standing back with more arrogance and uh, believes that they know the best strategy for everybody else to go and die for their cause. Yeah, um, I see a blue dragonborn as a uh, charisma int, and they are the godfather mafioso level college of whispers bard rogue like that is what i'm seeing with them um maybe even a i don't i don't see any dragonborn ever being a warlock anymore because why would they vow allegiance to a higher being um but if there was one that would do it i could see blue dragonborn being the ones like i just need the power so give me as much power as possible so like in my opinion blue dragonborn match the level of edge you're going to get with like a black dragonborn yeah right james for me i'd probably do charisma and int do an assassin rogue but they do not live their life in the shadow they're very open about what they're doing but they're blackmailing everyone in town or they know secrets and no one will touch them Mm -hmm. nice yeah yeah i like oh yeah i do like that as well uh okay so for oh green Oh, what do I want to do with green? Do I want to do uh, like green's hard, man? I was I was afraid of doing the green dragon. Like, do you know what? Maybe it would be a green dragon 
they're manipulators, right? I don't know what kind of wizard, not necromancer, but I would probably do like in wisdom or something. And it would be, the, I feel it would be the green dragonborn. That if anybody was going to hunt for lichdom, it would be the green one, you know, leveraging things where they can. It's not sadistic like black, it's calculating, right? Yeah. It's different. It's calculating. I, um, so I would maybe something like, yeah. I, okay. Intelligence, wisdom, some kind of wizard. I don't have my finger on it yet. Whose whole point is that they're searching for, for lichdom. Um, I, I mean, you could see them as a uh, abjurationist. They're just there to protect themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't see them as an evoker because why? Um, maybe illusion magic, man. Like you want a manipulator. Illusion magic is your way mm-hmm. to go. So yeah. like, you oh can, yeah, you like mysterious th- or, or enchantment magic, right? Like there's just something uh, we've, we've talked about this before, but there's something horribly sadistic about enchantment magic. So mm-hmm. um, for me, I see them as uh, plus two int plus one um, strength. And I see them as very uh, cold calculating, but they will get into the thick of it should they need to. And they are going to do damage and they are just inclined to that. Right. Yeah. So um, they are not going to shy away from a fight. Um, I see them being uh, druids, uh, wizards, artificers, I, especially artificers. Um, I, I, cause they love their minions, right. Or a conjurationist wizard works as well. Like just a whole bunch of things that are going to fight for him. And he's just going to sweep in and take all the glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, James. For me, I think I would do a charisma and int two to charisma, one to int. And I would actually make them a sorcerer, but that is convinced everyone around them. They are a wizard. So people will bring them spell books and they'll be like, oh, this is actually a crappy spell. I'll give you five gold for it. And then go sells it to the magic guild in the other town for hundreds of gold. And they're out with a party. They've convinced them they are a wizard that only likes these spells. So every new spell book goes to them and they go make money on the side. (laughs) I hate this character already. Yeah. do I? I really want to play it now. (laughs) I hate it. I want it. I think good upset Adam to like an nth degree. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, let's do a Black Dragonborn. I am doing a Wisdom and Strength. I'm making this as a Paladin of the Raven Queen uh, who welcomes their role in uh, bringing death to people. The reason I did Paladin, not Cleric, is I don't believe this power would be imbued upon this person. I believe that this person would take it upon themselves to swear an oath to the Raven Queen to help her, uh, to, to bring souls to her, essentially, and just, uh, just just really enjoy their job. Part of me really wants to lean into the Black Dragonborn Necromancer thing. It feels... Yeah, right? It's easy to, want to go down It's there. really easy to go down that route, um, especially considering uh, Dr- uh, Black Dragonborn are the closest aligned with what I think we could associate with like a witch or a hag or something along that line, right? Like mm-hmm. you just get that uh, guy that lives in a swamp and is all about the decay of the surrounding civilization. That's, that's your, that's your black dragon to put that into a black dragon born. You got somebody who's antisocial, who just wants to see someone hurt and uh, see someone in pain. So I'm, I'm going Int and con, because this is this is an assassin rogue. This is somebody who's handling poison. I might even go monk with them 
and have a um, black dragonborn monk, but a very evil black dragonborn monk who just wants to tear you apart with their bare hands. Yeah. Right. And and slowly, just just will slowly rip you apart layer by layer. Yeah, I love it. Um, so for black, I would probably do a charisma and a wisdom bonus. And I would make them actually a warlock with fey ancestry. Okay. Yeah. And I would no, have it nice. that they got their powers because of their cruelty. This fey god wants revenge on another group of fey. And he's like, I will give you power if you slaughter them. Cool. Go forth. Okay. For red, I would do. Oh, I, I want to go back to one of the ones that I said before, I think would work for red as well. Red, I will do. Oh, I will do con. And I will do strength, just champion fighter. I don't know. I just, all I can see is like pride, right? Yeah. That, that echoes through. So all of the other um, methods of of being excellent, whether it's like a, a wizard or, or, or a paladin swearing an altar somewhere else, that is almost like relying on something that you either have to learn or that is imbued on you by somebody else. But the pride, the arrogance that comes from a champion fighter is by the grace of God, I am like this. And you are all lucky I'm here and I don't need any tricks to uh, to fulfill my destiny. This is what I am. Uh, and so I think it's it's it almost has a purity in itself, which I think a red dragonborn would appreciate. I, I, I want to agree with you and say that red dragonborn as fighters is very much a yes. And them being the iconic dragonborn in my mind um uh and in a lot of the art whenever you see dragonborn they're red um reds have always been the iconic dragon of dungeons and dragons um so i i see them plus two strength plus one charisma as a battle master fighter um they're about control they're about pride they are the ones who are in charge of the fight and there is no class no subclass in the game that handles that better than a battle master fighter very uh it's very tywin lannister very like. much so yes very yeah. like and will die on a shitter by his disabled like a uh di disfigured son like <laughs> that that is how that like you're gonna get you're gonna get killed with a crossbow on the shitter that is how you'll die <laughs> james for me i would do a wisdom and constitution and i would actually do them as a cleric oh okay cleric so Death they clear, spend yeah. time battling and killing and have been immersed in taking things from the dead so often that a god of death is like, well, you're already shepherding all these souls to me. You might as well have a bit of go juice with it. <laughs> go <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, uh, what's one interesting reason why one of these creatures would become an adventurer? I think for a chromatic dragonborn, I feel that um, a the, like a cultist, I feel like, like, uh, you know, they're, they're fewer in number compared to the rest of the humanoids anyway. And so I, it's not like a resistance. This is more like a cult, which is preparing for the return of their red dragon or whatever. And so they go with their adventuring party for their, their loot and what they're taking is all in preparation uh, for this thing to come. This, the, their, their cults, uh, mission and they can still be useful to people along the way and to everybody else to the rest of their party there's no immediate threat 
And so they might even think that they're crazy for doing this, but they're like, oh, okay, Red Dragonborn, you can come along with us. Uh, but I think the they would be an adventurer because they're in a cult which is preparing for the return of their dragon lord. I see chromatic dragonborns being the typical iconic dragonborn. Um, I see them fighting for wealth. Let's be honest here. Being an adventurer, although dangerous, is incredibly lucrative, and a dragonborn would know that. And a dragonborn is going to be more inclined to hoard wealth because of their draconic heritage mm -hmm. than your average anything other than a gnome, right? So I, the thing that pulls a dragonborn, especially a chromatic one, out of their homes and into the field of battle and adventure, wealth, loot, stuff, prestige. They are very simple in that regard. And I, I don't think you need to overcomplicate overcomplicated i i think it's it's just they want they want the shinies man they they want that level of wealth they want to hoard yeah james for me i think it's how you're going to be playing your character so either a pride reason like wealth or status or achievements or to prove something to someone that you aren't a bad dragonborn just because of your heritage no. To prove you aren't evil, you're going to go adventure and save all the towns and save the kids and eradicate yeah. the bad guys. Right. Yeah. And, and leaning into that idea, the next question here, what kind of insights do you have for players who want to explore role-playing with this kind of character? I would say, based on what you just said there, James, for my answer to this question would be the opposite. So when I said metallic dragonborn for role-playing them, I'd say you'd have to find ways to exaggerate your behavior to steer away from the assumptions of others. I would say underplay your behavior for chromatic dragons. You know, if uh, to, to your advantage, if people are expecting you to be sadistic or expecting you to be calculating, be a little quieter than the other people and just... You know, Napoleon had that phrase of never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. And so like judo, right? You push, I pull. So if they're thinking that you're sadistic or thinking that you're calculating, let them think that and use that, uh, that assumption to your advantage where you can. Yeah. For me, it's uh, not necessarily an insight into role playing the character, because I think finding that home as the hero is relatively easy for a lot of people who are coming into Dungeons and Dragons, maybe even for the first time or even veterans, like they're going to be find it really easy to play a Dragonborn. They get that monstrous imposing figure fairly easily. I would want to let you know that even though you are a chromatic Dragonborn, you are still a member of a party. Don't be a dick. <laughs> don't steal from your party. Don't take stuff from your party. Don't, uh, you know, run the table as if you're the main character. You are your main character, but you are not the main character. Give other people table space. Let other people talk, right? Um, give other people time to do their character nonsense, yeah. right? Because uh, Dragonborn are very guilty of being those guys who run a table. I find a lot of problem players are playing Dragonborns or very humans. So uh, let's let's just be honest. Don't be a dick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar to what Dan said, um, if you're playing, this goes for any evil inclined race. Don't be a dick, as he says, but also remember you're part of a team. You're, these people are your friends, arguably, you're playing with. This is a collaborative story. 
you're not the center of attention and that's not the game everyone signed up for. Yeah. If everyone signed up for you to be a dick to them the whole time, cool, be your dick. But <laughs> it's unlikely to be the game you're playing. Be one with the dick. Be one no. with it. <laughs> that's small PP energy, remember boys. Yeah. <laughs> and you can have a character which is uh, you know outlandish or has that type of may even be a little bit of a dick in their character, but it's for 30 seconds at a time and it's inconsequential to the other players you know yeah. you can you know it, it shouldn't affect everybody else you know just and, to- and you could be the main character for a session you are not a main character of the campaign yeah right yeah. like it's it's knowing when to shut up is has been one of the biggest and most beneficial uh tools as a role player that i've ever learned and i'm sad to say i only learned it about three years ago (laughs) to five years ago right like when to shut up and listen to another player have their moment right uh the phrase you're not there was said at least seven times a session when i was uh learning how to play DD and when i was growing up um now giving other people the space is almost more enjoyable than taking the space for myself. And yeah. I would encourage people to find that in themselves. Everything you just said about learning to shut up and just listen about D and D is one of the biggest lessons I learned in life. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long ago either. Just tell you to shut up sometimes. It'll be fine. So as we learn to shut up, let's listen to you, the listeners, those people out there listening in to this podcast right now. We want to hear from you. We want to communicate with you. So please reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or at r slash it's a mimic on Reddit. Reddit's going to be one of the easier ways to get a hold of us. You could also shoot us an email at info at it's a mimic.com where you can send us mailbag questions, which will be added to our once quarterly mailbag episodes that we do release. There's also a pinned thread on Reddit that is mailbag questions. So you ask a question there, it will get added and not answered there. It will get added to the list to get answered on the mic. We also are asking you guys, we don't really pay for a lot of advertising with the podcast. We rely on word of mouth. So please go to iTunes or Apple podcasts or anything and Anywhere you could give us a positive review, toss a positive review for us. It helps us get the word of the podcast out there to the community. Um, so share us on social media and we love hearing from you guys. So come back to us and let us know what you think of what Fizzbands has done with Dragonborns and Dragon as a whole. Tell us all our bad opinions. Yeah, tell us all our bad opinions. <laughs> funny enough, funny enough, I, I like, I mean, if you listen to podcasts, I get criticized a lot for a lot of different things. Um, I've got a thick skin. I actually enjoy getting some constructive criticism. I'm going to choose my word. Don't come at me and be like, yeah, Dan's just an asshole and a dick. And why is he on the pot? Don't do that. Come to me and just be like, hey, man, like you said this thing. I think you got this rule wrong. Or like, I want to engage with the with the um, podcast listeners, with you guys out there. So yeah, reach out and uh, love to chat with you. Perfect. Nice, Dan. I'm glad you got a thick skin. On that bombshell, let's move on to the final Dragonborn variety, and that is Gem Dragonborns and Dan. All right. Well, uh, since we all know Gem Dragonborns because they're well-established in Dungeons and Dragons, I guess we could just get to the quest. No, we don't? Okay. Well, I, they're new. Hey, guys, they're they're new, but they're really not. Uh, Gem Dragonborns have existed in Dungeons and Dragons for decades. Um, this is just their first foray into D&D 5E. 
So this is uh, the Gem Dragonborn's first foray really into 5e officially. They did exist briefly with uh, uh, Matt Colville's book, but now we have them as an official racial option in D&D 5e. Now, so most Dragonborn, Gem Dragonborn, are based off of the dragon god um, Sardior. Now, we see with Chromatic Dragonborn that they tend to lean towards Tiamat. That's well known. We see with most Metallics that they tend to lean towards Bahamut. That's well known. Well, there's a third dragon god named Sardior that most gem dragonborn lean to. Now he is the dragonborn god, uh, or sorry, he is the dragon god of secrets and lies and the night. And it is said that he is a dead god who died in the formation of the first world. So way back when, when it was basically just giants and dragons walking around, there was this god who then died. However, his essence is said to survive in his gem-skinned offspring, the gem dragon and gem dragon born. Now, this god's love of psionics is one thing pointing to this, um, as each gem dragon and dragon born carry with it some form of psychic power. This is also the same with the uh, full-on dragons of Sardiar, who have a little bit more of an enhanced version of this. Um, but because we see how they rule and how they function as dragons, we can match those personalities to the more humanoid formed gem dragonborn. Um, so let's look into the dragons so we can inform what we're seeing with the dragonborn. Okay, makes sense? Let's start with um, the fact that gem dragonborn have five varieties. You'll note that metallic dragonborn have five varieties, chromatic have five varieties, while gem have to have five varieties. And their five varieties are Amethyst, Crystal, Emerald, Sapphire, and Topaz Dragonborn. Um, we'll start with the reds and golds of the gem brood. These are the Amethyst Dragonborn. They are the greatest and most otherworldly of gem dragons. They have control over the elements and the very laws of nature around them. And while they have this control over nature, their vision always seems to be turned to the skies and the far off places of the material plane. They love other planets and those spaces between the stars. Um, and one of the reasons why they keep on looking at it, and you'll see this as a note with a lot of gem dragonborn, they hate aberrations, um, particularly mind flayers and their aggressive predatory attitudes. They hoard magical powers that have to do with cosmic control and the planes and items from other distant planets, uh, other distant worlds are on the top of their typical level of dragon wealth. So these guys are very attuned to the other worlds and the spaces between the stars um, in a very uh, attentive guardian level of position, okay? Let's move on to the crystal dragons, which Terry will love. Crystal dragons are the white shining embodiments of the positive planes of the Grand Wheel. Um, they put the kindness and helpfulness of even silver dragons to shame, often choosing to live in desolate locations purely to help aid the lost wanderers and people who find themselves trapped in those realms, okay? They have this radiant energy uh, that shines through their scales, even making it almost look like a starscape as they age. Um, now, where amethyst dragons are focused on the spaces between the stars, 
and in a very practical way, crystal dragons are seers and readers of omens in the stars. They're master astronomers and oracles, and they tend to be the source of many prophecies about the endings of great evils or times of tribulation. They, however, are fierce predators of their chosen lands, right? So they become a clear threat to any and all force of even remote evil in the area um, and those forces, even if they're traditionally opposed, like say white dragons and frost giants, will drop their enmities to clear out the crystal dragon. Because remember, also very psionic. So like you don't want one of these guys around because you're not going to be able to accomplish anything. They know it's coming. So you put them down when you can. Well, emerald dragons are the spies. They're the information brokers and the most curious and also shy of all dragons especially gem dragons. They are a shimmering green, semi-translucent scale form of dragon where the crystal and amethyst dragons tend to look up. The emerald dragon tends to look down, loving the curious movings of the short-lived humanoid races. They use their psionic power to conceal themselves, to watch settlements from afar and the day-to-day lives of simple folk absolutely fascinates them. But they, if they do need to get a closer look, They will often use their psionic powers as well as magic to obfuscate and hide and disguise to remain truly hidden from any and all strangers. They are very introverted. They do not want anybody to know the real them, anybody to know the real them. They are at most fascinated by the break in day-to-day habits and movements of the common races. And these interruptions are seen as uh, signs of aberrant behavior or even possible aberrant incursions. So they are actively looking for like the corruption of aberrations in society. That's kind of what a Emerald Dragon's jam is. Now, they love history and stories and will often hoard massive libraries of story um, and just staying in and reading over and over and over, over meeting new folk. Emerald Dragons are my jam. (laughs) I love these guys. Now... Sapphire dragons are the exact opposite side of that coin as emerald dragons, where they are brash, outspoken, disciplined, and militaristic. They're kind of your paladins of the gem dragons. They are the main force that is behind fighting against aberrations and giants. Um, They are both master strategists and also fiercely territorial. They will always fight on their terms and see the value of proper scouting sitting back and using their psionic powers to observe and study a foe before a fight to ensure victory. And if you're in their territory, they're coming at you, kicking you out, and they will win that fight. They have a particular hatred for the unpredictable aberrations, often teaming up with the more bookish emerald dragons to hunt down aberrations and those corrupted by them. Now, I see this very similar to like Sam and Dean Winchester from Supernatural. Like, you got your Emerald Dragon Sam and you got your Dean just wants to go out and kill them, right? That's the level of uh, difference here and I love it. Finally, possibly my favorite type of dragon now are Topaz Dragons. They are the opposite of the Crystal Dragons. Topaz embody the negative energy planes and with them, the entropy and decay from those necrotic realms. They tend to be, and I do love this, morbid and curmudgeonly in attitude because of this connection to these negative planes. They're the Eeyores of dragon kind. I fucking love them. Let him live his life. <laughs> However, like all other gem dragons, they ha- uh, these gem dragons aren't really malicious or hateful, um, 
but they tend on the dour or depressing. They accept decay though, and they see themselves as the arbiters of that final step on something's journey before new growth can speak up or can spring up from the ashes. Another couple small notes. These guys are fantastic swimmers and their favorite food is giant squid. They also like to battle against bronze dragons for their uh, watery realms. However, they hate water. It is a necessary evil to them. They cannot stand water, but put their homes deliberately next to them because that is where their favorite food is basically. Okay. Sounds awful. They are by nature abrasive, grumpy, and do not want to talk to you. They, they have a morbid sense of humor. They want to put you down and tear you down. If you have deemed it, uh, if, if you have so deemed to put yourself in their presence, they will make sure you leave a lesser being. Like they just want you to feel bad about yourself. You're just a terrible person. Leave me alone, right? They fight a lot of like druid enclaves as well because they'll just be like, eh, it's that field's time to decay. And they will go and just decay the field. And the druid grove would be like, what, what the fuck, man? We were trying to do a thing there. Like, nope, no, nope, needed to decay. That's the, that's the way this is. I'm a dragon. You're not. Fuck you. Bye. And fly away like just i i i love topaz dragons they're great um one thing uh you might have picked up where all of the metallic dragons tend to be good tend to be again we're doing alignment differently in 5e now um they are typically good um and chromatic dragons are typically evil um all of your gen dragons are typically neutral so your chaotic neutral topaz versus your true neutral crystal and amethyst versus your lawful neutral um, sapphire dragons, right? Like you could see that level of new, uh, mor moral neutrality play out in them. Now that is going to play into your dragonborn. Your um, amethyst dragonborn is going to be more aloof, always a big picture type of person. Um, your crystal dragonborn are going to be kind of that glue that holds the party together. They're the really nice ones, or they're going to be that overly friendly guy. Who's always trying to redeem every single goblin, your party fights. It's going to be one of the two guys. Uh, emerald dragons are going to emerald dragonborn are going to be shy, reserved, and furiously curious about the happenings of the world around them. They're going to love books. It doesn't matter if they're a barbarian. They're all about books. Um, I see this coming with um, two perspectives as well, though. They could either have that love or hate of civilization at hand, right? Like they can either love the civilization or uh, hate the corruption that it's bringing, depending on the size. Um, sapphires are militaristic and mighty and um, strategic. So I see the more stoic, stern, calculating level of character right? Um, they are strong, resolute, and potentially lacking in any form of charisma, right? They are straight lawful neutral, right? They're your Batmans, right? I do what I do. This is my code. Um, finally, Topaz are curmudgeons. Easy as that. They don't like people. Um, they want to see the decay of everything, and they embrace the negative, although not necessarily evil, truths of life. As for mechanics, you see that all gem dragonborn are typically humanoids, like everything else. They are only medium. They cannot be small, like we've seen with some of the other options coming in recently. And they have a walking speed of 30 feet, as is typical for a, 30, uh, for a medium humanoid. 
They have gem ancestry, which is when you choose either amethyst, crystal, emerald, sapphire, or topaz. This aligns with what we've seen with the other dragonborn. Um, finally, their breath weapon is a 15-foot comb uh, that has the element, uh, sorry, has the damage type that is as associated with their gem type. Now, this is not as clear as it is with the other form of dragons, so I'm just going to go over this real quick. Amethyst dragons are about force damage. Crystal dragons are about radiant damage. Emerald dragons are psychic. Sapphire dragons are thunder damage. And topaz are necrotic. Okay? They get the breath weapon, and that breath weapon is a dexterity save versus this type of damage. So you're not catching on fire. You're taking a dexterity save or getting blown off a thing with force damage, right? Um, and it scales at the same level as the other Dragonborn breath weapons with a new D10 at 5th, 11th, and 17th level. And you get to use it a number of times per long rest equal to your proficiency modifier. Now, they also carry with them that Draconic re uh, Resistance that we've seen. If you could breathe that type of energy, you're resistant to that type of energy. That's just the math that works. They, um, I'm looking here, don't, don't have Dark Vision. Fuck. And they do have a psionic mind, which lets them communicate um, and send telepathic me messages with any creature you can see within 30 feet of you. And it has that added caveat that they must not, they don't have to understand a language with you. Like you don't have to share a language, but they at least have to understand a language to pull this off. Okay. So no doing this with your horses, so but you can buy sure. Six E's heard. Pardon? The prophecy of six E is finally heard when yeah. the psionics comes out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's time. Um, and finally, at fifth level, with this fifth level ability that we've seen, they get a uh, flight for one minute. Uh, they manifest spectral wings associated with their gem color. I want to just say, screw spectral wings. You are a psionic-based thing. You float. You float like your Magneto or Jean Grey. You don't have wings. You float, but the dust on the ground when you started floating is floating in wing shapes behind you. Or is just the color of your gem failing, uh, falling behind you as you yeah. move, right? Yeah. So that is what we have for Gem Dragonborn. Perfect. Okay, shall we roll initiative? And then I will ask the questions. That Do it. 19. Six. I got a 10. I've been banging out 19s. I'm asking myself the questions again. <laughs> Um, how do I feel about these additions to the Dragonborn lore? Uh, yes, very exciting. I was uh, I was at a point in my D&D &D tenure where I was ready for something new for dragons and uh, Gem Dragons has provided that. I love the fact that they're very otherworldly. I love the neutrality of them because there's different reasons for being neutral. You know, you may just, uh, you may be neutral because you simply do not understand, like, uh, like a zombie is neutral, uh, or you may be neutral because for whatever reason you don't have an opinion on something. It's, I think you can play with it. So yes, I'm excited about it. Who's next, Dan? Uh, yeah, um, I, I love it. I love this new dragon god that is actually making his presence known a little bit more. Um, and by new, I mean new to me, really. Um, this is kind of a blind spot of my world's uh, lore knowledge. So I, I, I really enjoyed it, man. And I love how there is a third, but not allied, aligned with either of the other two dragon gods. He is just a third separate entity in and of himself and being a god of secrets and night yeah he's not dead guys he's not he just wants you to believe he's dead like tupac james 
Uh, I'm in agreement. I really like it. It's something new to the lore. It gives, it fills out the alignment chart as well. So we have a group of evil dragons, we have a group of good dragons, and now we have a group of medium dragons. I'm waiting for them to give us mixed race dragons next between the lines, but that's a different story for a different book. <laughs> okay, uh, let's do the ability scores and classes, and we're going to start with Amethyst dragons. Dan, you'll have to give me the 10 seconds on the personalities of Amethyst. Amethysts are going to be your big uh, picture, aloof. They're the guys looking to hunt the aberrations and see the warning signs of battles coming. Oh, let me do, why don't I do something like wisdom and dexterity and do some sort of lone ranger monk? Um, yeah, lone wolf uh, monk, I think, with the wisdom and dexterity. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm, these guys are wizards to me. They, they got to be wizards. These are the guys doing the math, figuring it out. They got a bonus to int and a bonus to uh, con because they're they're just going to wait out the long game, right? Like these guys, I, I see amethyst dragons being the ones to forget to eat for days on end right and you're like, oh right yeah no man i gotta sleep sorry i've been i've been trying to path a vector between these three points um and and i'm pretty certain if if cthulhu is going to be coming from this realm we got to make sure that this base is covered and, and we like that the amethyst dragon is just so hyper aware of everything beyond himself that he is unaware of what is happening to himself sure james for me, I would probably do wisdom and logic and have them as a druid. Uh, wisdom and in? Wisdom and in, sorry, yeah. Wisdom and right. in, they druid. Cool. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, crystal, Dan, 10 seconds on the crystal personality. Crystal dragons are your happy guys. They're your friendly guys. Um, it actually says, like, crystal dragons are prone to, like, they are not, sorry, they say that it is not rare for a crystal dragon to adopt, like, a white dragon egg and raise it to be a slightly better white dragon. Really? Yeah. So maybe then I might lean into, I might do Druid for something like that. Um, so I might go, uh, yeah, yeah, probably like Wisdom, Intelligence, I think. Yeah, I, I would lean into Druid this, yeah. I, I see Wisdom and, and uh, Constitution or Wisdom and Charisma with them because they are um, Wisdom mainly. And I agree, they are either a Cleric or a Druid and it, it goes with the whole reading of omens and mm-hmm. um they will they will tell you your prophecy um if you visit them on good terms like without violent intent they'll they'll do that so i really like the idea of a druid crystal dragon <laughs> i was laughing at the fun you could have with prophecies with players no. <laughs> and we'll see you all back here next week not you but <laughs> 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 james for me, I would probably do um, Constitution and Dex, and they would be Drunken Fist Monk. Sure. <laughs> Going around, meeting new people, drinking, occasionally getting into bar fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it attracts. I like it. Okay, what about Emerald? Dan, I remember I liked Emerald when you were talking about them. but I'm- Emeralds are the shy, bookish uh, investigators. Oh, like, they're the historians of Emerald kind, uh, of gem kind. And they're also the most psionic of all the other dragons so naturally you want to go wizard but i'm not going to i would maybe go uh clerics clerics can be bookish and so i would i would keep it simple i would do intelligence and wisdom or maybe i would do yes i would do intelligence and wisdom because they're bookish more than they would be a combatant and then i would do it as a cleric i'm i want to go uh int and strength 
and these guys are barbarian. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Man, as, as a dad of three kids who also has ADHD, the amount of rage I feel when someone tries to interrupt me when I'm reading is un, unmatched by any level of rage. So uh, there is there is a there is a spot in my in my heart for these guys, yeah. um, and I just see them alone reading their books, doing their thing, and then some guy comes in and he's like, "So I gotta ask you a question about the history here. Just leave me alone. Just go, leave me, or I will beat you with this book." I I also share that of when you're trying to just do something and somebody keeps fucking interrupting you, it drives me insane when you're yeah. just trying to get something done, James. For me, I would do intelligence and uh, charisma, and they would be a sorcerer with an aberrant backing. Oh, 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 yes. oh, you don't. Okay. They know exactly with what kind of mess of a creature they are, and they are good at hiding it, and that's why their charisma is there. I don't like it, James. I'm sorry, but I don't. You don't oh. like it because it's good. I, well, okay, so. Name of my sex tape. All. <laughs> I hope not, Terry. We, I'm bringing that back. <laughs> um, the uh, they're so anti-aberration. Yeah, like two separate parts of their bloodline mixed. And can you imagine one that is like a great old one warlock? Yeah. Oh, what does that mean? They know exactly who. Like they're a corruption oh. of their own existence. That is such an interesting character that I hate. Yeah. How okay, can yeah, play cool. that or enjoy that in a game? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love it. Let's move on. Sapphire. Dan, maybe it was Sapphire that I like. I, I know I like Topaz. Sapphire? Sapphires are the militaristic. They're they're all about uh, um, uh, strategy and uh, they're fiercely territorial. Right. So, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm not going to go down the typical way of like um, uh, a fighter for this. I would do this as a strategist in the way that like Gandalf is. And so I would actually go for, I would do like intelligence wisdom again, but do this as a a wizard. Wizards are also very territorial. You ever tried to get into a wizard's tower? They don't fucking want you there. Okay. No. But they're also they're strategists in themselves. They're brilliant minds. So I would lean into 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 that that type of uh you can still be uh, you can still be a military like character with that. Or artificer even. Like yeah. I see it. I see us. I, I agree with you. I mean, in terms of the gem dragonborn, you don't have a lot that are martial feeling. So I really want to lean into these guys being the fighters, being the barbarians, being the paladins, um, being the monks or the rangers. Like, that's what I want to lean in with these guys. But, I mean, you're not wrong, Terry. Like, they are smart. They're they're uh, strategic. So seeing them be like an artificer um, and just have this pale, blue-skinned uh, dragonborn with horns floating above his head perpetually. Um, walk in with like steampunk goggles and shit on. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I like that visual. Sure, James. For me, I was going to do the artificer route too. They just seem like the type. Smart enough to be making weapons of war, but maybe smart enough not to be on the front line themselves with said weapon of war. They like hammer their fists together and their artificer armor just like f- pops out of their backpack and folds onto them, right? Like, they they are front line, but they're artificer front line, yeah. right? And they got their 17 magic items and they're going to beat you over the head with every single one of them before you die. Topaz. I remember definitely this time you said Topaz and I like the Topaz personality. What was that? Curmudgeons. 
You totally remember. <laughs> it was what? They were curmudgeons. They were, they don't like people. They, they oh. are, they're, they're the assholes. What was that word? Curmudgeon? I've never heard that word. It is a straight up English word, Terry. It's your people's word. It's your people's word. Well, technically, all of the words are our words, aren't they? So let's not get that. Um, you should go I'm, a little further back. I think you stole your whole language. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you stole your words for more I people. I think the only reason the pyramids are no, still where they are. No, the victor writes the history, and we decided that's not what happened. <laughs> there's there's okay. so much wrong with that statement, Terry. Well, what do you feel about Topaz Dragonborn? Um, okay, well, what would I do? What, okay, so for they don't like people, I, but I'm going to put them as a bard. A glamour bard i'm going to put them directly in the path of people and so you know i'm giving them charisma maybe decks or something like that but i would make them that uh, as i am which is i'm a very extrovert introvert i can put my game face on let's go to work i'll woo you for eight hours a day handle all of the people problems at work but at the end of the day don't fucking talk to me leave me alone and that's what i would do with them like they, they're kissing babies shaking hands they're, they're doing all of their charisma checks and stuff but when as soon as that door closes they're like parasites all of them like they hate it really which is how i see it, how i think most politicians would be yeah no i i agree with you i i see them they could be wizards druids rangers clerics rogues like i i see them kind of being any of those those are very much the um they are easy to play that loner character with all of those especially rogues Although I see paladins and even warlocks with these guys, right? Like, um, give me, like, don't, the warlock patron deal is, listen, man, I will find out what information you want. I will do what you want me to do. I need you to help me keep the people away, right? And, and, and that's his whole perspective, right? Like, I I see this guy being like arch fey uh, level thing. Like, just, you're in your, you're in your realm. I'm in mine leave me the hell alone give me the power i will be your font on this realm but i don't want to deal with people so i just need the ability to fuck off at the moment notice if i need to yeah so uh james for me i would do probably a druid uh the mycelium druid that came out relatively recently like the mushroom one yeah spore i think it was circle of spores yeah i would do that as a topaz yeah no that that tracks yeah Mm -hmm. i really like that Okay, what's the reason that uh, why one of these creatures would become adventurous? And it's me going first, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know what? When they're otherworldly like this, and they, it feels like they have much bigger problems to to think about than we down here on Earth do. I feel like either they've been sent there for some larger purpose that maybe we can't co- quite comprehend, or they're essentially chasing something. Right? Something has come to this realm or this world and it's somewhere and they have to find it and for whatever reason the path that you're adventuring party on is the direction that they think they need to go yeah um for me it's um if i'm playing an in an aberration focused game whether it's uh mind flares or zorn or a beholder or whatever it is i am playing one of these guys their hatred for aberrations is just amazing to me but like we said earlier, we think they're one of the rarest. And, and I mean, there's no real definition either way with them, but them just like being held up and finally just wanting to see what the noise of the world is like. They've got that vague psionic aspect to them. So I see them just being intensely curious about the world. Emeralds especially, right? They may not want to interact with people, but they want to see it. 
And I think that's very much uh, what a gem dragonborn is going to be about. They don't necessarily want to interact with the world other than a crystal, but they do want to help it and foster it and, and help it to grow into a good thing free of the stain of aberrations. So, right. James? Um, for me, uh, very similar to all dragons, kind of know where you're coming from as well. Because, as we said, we believe these are much rarer dragons, know you have a rarity, and know there's people out there that like collecting rare things. Yeah. So I would even make sure, I would talk with my DM about it first, but like, am I going to be hunted because of who I am exclusively? In certain games, certain players would find that fun. Yeah. The party doesn't know, but the gem dragon knows. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Any final inspirations before we wrap things up? No, man, I know what I love Jim Dragonborn. I thought I would hate them. The the weird, I didn't really put a lot on it, but there's there's weird like floating gems around all of them at all times. Like the amethyst kind of have a beard of amethyst crystals. The the sapphire have a floating horn. The emerald have two floating green horns. The topaz has a line of uh, topaz gems down their back ridge that float about two inches off of their body. And they're just always there. Right. So uh, I thought the aesthetic of them would make me hate them, mm-hmm. especially considering the psionic bullshit that they could do. Um, no, I love them. I want to play one. Yeah. I, I really I really want to play one. I'm I'm leaning hard into playing like a, a, an emerald or a topaz gem dragonborn um, and playing them with that otherworldly focus, that other um, that long view that almost. Uh, what's her name? Luna Lovegood uh, from Harry Potter. Like that kind of bizarre, otherworldly, uh, outside of the box, always thinking with them is really appealing to me to play. Love it. Okay. So that's all for our discussion on Dragonborn characters. The next time we circle back to discuss playable races, we'll be looking into some options that are a bit spookier than your average playable race. Next week, though, we'll be returning to our conversation on monks and some of the newer inspirations for the class. Thanks for listening to another episode of It's a Mimic podcast. And if you'd like to support us, we have a donation button on our website at www.itsamimic.com, as well as a store for some sexy merch. We also rely on word of mouth to get news for the podcast out there to the community. So please pass the word to everyone you know that we're available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, as well as most podcast apps. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic podcast or you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Inquiries, requests, and questions for our mailbags can be sent to info at itsamimic.com. Guys, we've been talking about Dragonborn, and we've really broken down a lot of the nitty-gritty of them, and there's one question I have that I don't think we ever really consider when it comes to Dragonborn, and it is when they grow, do they shed or molt like a lizard? How would that kind of thing function with a chromatic, metallic, or gem dragonborn? Let's 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 roll initiative on this one. Sure. I legitimately rolled a natural one. I rolled a two, so I rolled a four, so I'm better than both of you. Well, You're going first with a four, James. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, I think they would molt, but only on patches of scale. So if they have bare skin. It doesn't molt. It may get ashy, 
and I can make it real like light and ashy, but they won't molt there. Okay. And I think for the chromatic or for the gemstones, chromatics and stuff, I also believe that would have more value in that skin as a magical tool or um, material. That's the word I was looking for. All right. All right. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of like that, but it's like magical in the same way that we have like our hair is like used in some uh like occult versions yeah. of spells and stuff like that you'd use like the the sheddings and uh moltings of a uh dragonborn to or... replacement like skin of a dragon scale or something like that when you like need a potion but it doesn't need to be a good potion <laughs> yeah it, like a less potent version yeah yeah I believe that if there was a need to shed their skin, they maybe would, but I don't think it would be an issue. There would be some sort of prestidigitation ring or something like that where they would just they would just bamf it off and they would just apologize, like, excuse me, like they'd sneezed or something, and then that would be it. If they have a ring, though, what about they don't? Oh, you're talking about poor folks. Yeah. I don't know what they the peasant do. class. <laughs> uh, on, honestly, I, I view things like uh, the chromatic and uh, metallic dragons. I mean, we all know them. We love them. Um, but gem dragons are so weird. Um, I, I could see gem dragons cause their, their scales, they do still have scales. They're not just like draconic versions with gem like skin. Their scales are just more translucent and, and you could see the, um, gem like features of the scales, but it is still scale. Um, but I could see like a, um, emerald dragonborn or a copper dragonborn sitting around the table with like this little bowl of dried flake things hanging out with everybody else. And they're just popping it in their mouth and eating it. And everyone's like, so, Hey, what is that? Can I have something like, Oh yeah, man, it, it, go ahead. It's, it's really, really good. You know, I seasoned it this morning and I'm popping it in the mouth. Oh man, that's really good. What is that? Oh, it's a little bit of my molting. Yeah. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> well, lizards eat their skin when they molt, right? Some oh, of them. They, I don't know. I don't know about lizard stuff. That's not a hobby of mine. <laughs> so, I was just like, how can I make this as gross as possible? <laughs> nice, Dan. I'm glad you got a thick skin. I have to as well. I can't post a goddamn thing on social media without a lot of dudes sliding into my DMs and either celebrating a failure of mine or making fun of me for something. Anyway. Or uh, sliding into your DMs for other reasons. Oh, wink. <laughs> Nobody. That's the problem. Hey, so uh, how do you feel about feet? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, okay. Quentin Tarantino. Not now. Got it. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> okay. So here I am hoping that this works. It should. I don't see it not working. Thanks for listening. Bye.